are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to the program. Hope all is going well with you. 402-342-1290. We are uh, you know, giving you the chance to sound off if you wish. Uh, just a second, you're going to hear from Alan Hager, but first we want to get Dan on 402-342-1290, wants to uh, talk a little bit about co-payments. Uh, welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Dan, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, and yourself? No, I'm doing okay. Hanging in there. <laughs> What's going I've on? What's on your mind? I've been in healthcare about uh, 35 years here, and uh, there's some incredible waste that goes on, and... Uh, as an example, I work in an emergency department, and I've had people actually call the rescue squad, drive across town, and uh, show up to have their child treated for diaper rash. And that's not just, that's happened more than once. And so with the Medicare, Medicaid type stuff, you need to have some kind of a copay. My recommendation would be two packs of cigarettes. That's about 10 bucks. And if you would put that in there, then people wouldn't uh, overload uh, situations that uh, really they should be going to a clinic or probably not at all. Right. And I agree with you. And I think um, as we've seen these new policies come out, um, costs are going up. So a lot of businesses or individuals, they will shift kind of the co-payment strategy and the co-insurance strategy. And I think that Probably. Do you think it keeps people from seeking service before they get uh, much worse because of the these uh, these costs that they have to pay? Oh, I think that's true, definitely. And I guess I can give you another example. My son, who's around uh, 27, uh, he uh, has Obamacare and he pays 200 a month, and his deductible is nine thousand bucks. Mm. It's uh, one uh, flu shot a year and three free trips to the doctor if nothing's ordered. But basically, it is this catastrophic insurance that he's paying for. And uh, he's not going to go see a doctor because he's going to be 100% out of his pocket. Right. Right. So they'd have to pay two, $300 if they went and saw the doctor, right? Right. I, uh... And then, I mean, there's something to be said for a young person. Maybe that's all they need is catastrophic insurance. But... I think it should be billed as that, not that you're getting this great insurance uh, policy through Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks uh, for the call, Dan. If I could add one thing, I think this is exactly where these strategies for um, health savings accounts come into play. We've seen presidential candidates campaigning on that. Our president-elect, big fan of, of HSAs, maybe they can kind of help solve some of those problems, but I think we need almost like an HSA reform, allow people to build those up as much as you, as much as you really need uh, to, to pay for those co-pays. And I think that that might be, I guess, one alternative. Another is bringing down the cost of healthcare and uh, the list goes on, but uh, we're going to get in Alan Hager here on the show, joining us. Alan is 
been on the show for what three, four years now. About four years. Yeah, man, it's like we're up for re-election. Uh, the the <laughs> end of the year. Do we want to keep this thing going or not? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, the people have spoken. Alan, uh, how you doing today? I saw you Tuesday. Sure was a lot of fun watching those returns going in. You were running around like a madman watching oh, yeah. all those networks. Oh yeah. Uh, you, that that's really what you kind of get into. Um, any takeaways from the election aside from the obvious? Well, I think that, uh, when you look at, uh, the 2016 election, there's a lot of takeaways to take from this. Uh, the first is that, uh, I think the Democrats, I mean, it's very obvious the Democrats nominated the wrong person, because if you look at the polls comparing Bernie Sanders to Donald Trump and Hillary to Donald Trump, Sanders was going to win in a, in a landslide if you if you take the polls at the word but the other thing too is 114 out of 118 polls four days before the election were wrong 114 are were, you were any of them right four. four 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 out of 118 polls were right four and so uh the closest one was the usc los angeles times poll yes that was the closest one yeah and so uh, when you look at these the, the polling w- what's wrong you know, so that's something to take away from it. Uh, oversampling of Democrats, undersampling of Republicans. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, there's a whole host of metrics that they are going to have to go back and look at. Now, whether or not it was they were trying to manipulate the polls, you know, I mean, there's always been that, con, con, you know, that conspiracy out there. Um, what's he going to do on health care? You know, he just dropped another seven point plan out there about uh, what what he's what is he going to do with Obamacare? And the Affordable Care Act, and then he met with the president yesterday, and he talked about maybe amending Obamacare. And so, you know, I think that when you look at the presidential race, I think there's a whole host of things yet to come. Um, I also think that when you look at uh, the states that he won that flipped, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, uh, North Carolina from 2008, Florida, uh he won all the states that he needed to win, and then some. Mm-hmm. And those states were states that Republicans hadn't carried at least since 1988. And the fact that he put Minnesota into play, which they haven't won since Nixon, is beyond nuts. Um, so it was an amazing <laughs> sight to see. Alan, there was a couple of counties in Ohio that would that flipped. Yeah, that hadn't flipped since Herbert Hoover. Yes, <laughs> and here's the other thing to take take into account about Ohio. Hamilton County, it's the home of Cincinnati. They saw an African-American turnout 15% less, roughly, than what uh, they had seen in 8 or 12. Just on that point alone, if you go then into Philadelphia and you look at the turnout numbers of uh, African-Americans, it was down there. It was down in Detroit. It was down in Charlotte. Uh but when you look at North Carolina, they split the ticket. The governor there, Pat McCrory, is currently down by about 5,400 votes, and he hasn't conceded yet. And but what you know, what is that all about? You know, I mean, it's been been very interesting looking at some of these numbers. Even here in Douglas County, the turnout numbers were very interesting to look at. Did you see any examples of people leaving? And, and I, I think I just heard that a lot of folks just left the, the ballots blank yeah. on the top of the ticket. But well, then lower down, they might have voted for somebody. Right. And I, I tell you what I think was interesting is 
when Donald Trump let all of that inf- or let or that tape came out with him and Billy Bush, and there was that backlash on him, there was also a very serious threat of people who were coming out saying Donald Trump needs to step down. There was a severe risk of if you were up for election this cycle, people were going to go in and vote for Donald Trump and then not vote for anything else and walk out. So I think the other thing you saw was people walking those comments back in multiple different ways, which may have saved some of those candidates. And I'm not going to mention any names because, you know, there was way, it was all over the country that you saw stuff like that. And so uh, there's a lot of takeaways from this election. And once all the numbers are in, I can't wait to dive into the numbers and actually see what was going on with a lot of different things. And the fact that Mitt Romney got 6% of the African-American vote in 2012 and Donald Trump took 18%. You know, look at the Latino vote. The Latino vote, he took in about 18%. Trump got about 33%. That right there, if you want to point at numbers, those two numbers right there alone point to him winning. Despite being labeled as... um you know, against those groups yeah. by a lot of people. Yeah, a racist, a xenophobe, on and on down the line. You know, so uh, we will see a lot of things happen between now and January 3rd when Congress gets sworn into office, and then between now and January 20th when the president gets inaugurated. And then he's got 100 days to enact a bunch of stuff that he wants to get done right away that I think you'll see with Speaker Ryan you know, a lot of what Speaker Ryan has been talking about in his Better Way plan, I think you're going to see a lot of things come out of that that's going to get passed right away. Boom, 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 boom. And we're going to see a lot of changes for the good in this country. I have a question if you guys... Mm-hmm. You yeah. think? Do you think now the Republicans are in total control of Congress, do you think we'll finally be able to stop with this continuing resolution stuff? Yes, do I we'll do. actually be able to get a budget? Yes, yeah. I do. And I also think that from my perspective... I think you'll actually see 12 to 14 different budgets. You'll actually see individual budgets brought out. One on defense, one on energy, one on education, one on help, which is health, education, labor, and pensions. Um, I, I, you know, where when Gingrich was speaker, the, the fir- one of the first things they did was they passed 12 different budgets, one for each committee. You, and, and appropriations. Well, and just so, supposed, that's how you're supposed to do yes. it. There's a call, thing called the Appropriations Committee, and it's yes. got a bunch of subcommittees. And yes. And so I think you'll see all of those budgets finally come out individually, which will be a great thing, and you won't be able to hide stuff in there. Yeah. And that's the pro- they call them omnibuses, or these they, they don't go through regular order. They don't go through appro- – see, the most powerful position used to be chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Exactly. But now – they haven't passed a budget in so long. What's the point? It's just like a figurehead. But that exercise is incredibly important to how Congress functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, these subcommittees each have to come up for their own their own thing. And uh, labor and health is in that one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go back and look. But well, yeah, these you- are big time pieces of legislation. But when you just throw them all in and then just say, oh, we're just going to kick the can down the road and fund everything as it was mm-hmm. plus some. Well, just and, doesn't work. Well, and you think the last eight years we haven't had a we have until this year we really haven't had a single we haven't had a budget. We've had you know a bunch of continuing resolutions maybe over the last seven, eight, nine years. 
So when you think about a continuing resolution, think about spending staying flat, and then you throw, then you kick in the whole uh, shutdown and all of those different things that kicked in with that. And so instead of it being at 2012, 2013 levels, it's probably more like 2008, 2007 levels. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we haven't passed a real budget that increases spending in certain agencies like defense, like veterans, for almost a decade. <laughs> for almost a decade. And so now that we don't have Harry Reid in there, and, and it's going to be Chuck Schumer in the Senate as minority leader, uh, it'll be very interesting to see on what happens in the Senate. I've got a trivia question for you, but we're going to do it after the timeout. I want to see if you guys can get it all. And the term is, tell me what the term filling the tree means as it relates to, do you know what that means? Yeah, I, 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 it dawns on me a little okay, bit. All right. so. I'll give you the answer if these guys can't get it when we get back, but you brought up something that's important and um, – it's something that we might actually see for the first time in a while. If you want to give your guess, what does it mean, the term filling the tree mean, as it relates to uh, U.S. Congress? Be happy to uh, give you a free gift certificate to Freddy's Frozen Custard, the best burger place in town. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. We're going to take a timeout, be right back with more with Alan Hager, and we're going to get Blake Martin in here again, do a little roundtable action in our last uh, segment together. We'll be right back. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. The nation state remains the true foundation for happiness and harmony.